Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say? Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with your host, Sean Bastow. And today, we've got a little special one-off episode for you. We're speaking to Jay Harris, who's a personal trainer, and he's going to be talking to us about his experiences in the fitness industry. But it is linked into boxing, because we're going to be talking about how strength and conditioning affects fighters. Most in particular, we're going to be talking about Anthony Joshua's loss to Andy Ruiz Jr. and the size and the physical stature of Anthony Joshua and our thoughts on on how we feel his physical stature may have affected him in that fight and previous fights. We're also going to be talking a little bit about the fitness industry and covering off our thoughts on PTs. James is going to give us his expertise advice. He's going to talk about certain things to do with the fitness industry, certain things to do with training and how it works. He'll tell you a little bit about his journey into the fitness industry and also his love for boxing as well. And just before we get into it, please, as always, go and follow us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and on Facebook, BTR Boxing Podcast. If you've not already subscribed, you can do on Apple Podcasts, on Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify, or even Eat Sleep Boxing Repeats YouTube channel. So before we get into the episode, please, I apologise in advance. The audio wasn't 100% on point, as it normally is. With this particular episode, we had issues with Google Hangouts, which is something we was using to conduct the phone call, and it wasn't the greatest, and it's something I definitely won't be doing again in terms of using Hangouts. We had this problem a lot, myself and Geordie, when Geordie was on the podcast and he was doing a lot of stuff. It was always difficult getting the connection, and the connection was always a bit stuttery. So you'll hear parts of the conversation where it sort of feels like it's sort of jumping ahead pretty quick quick it's usually by about a second or it misses a word out slightly 
but the conversation as a whole is, is very listenable, very educational, and I really, really hope you enjoy this podcast episode about fitness in boxing with Jay Harris. So I'm delighted to welcome on to BTR Boxing Podcast, James Harris. Jay, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. Thanks, you. Yeah, good. Thank you for coming on. So it's a, it's a bit of a different episode for, from our usual schedule because we've got you on because you're a personal trainer and we wanted to focus on fitness in boxing and how strength and conditioning training works for boxers and all the scientific side of things. So it's going to be a really interesting episode for the listeners who maybe have not educated fully how all this works and maybe some of them are really educated. So I'm going to sit there and go, yeah, I know what this guy's talking about but it's really really good to get you on to talk <laughs> about it I know a little bit more about you first and, and a little what, bit more the, the the personal training um to, to be honest with you it kind of just happened i, I was doing like a, a sports coaching course and um, i know what i wanted to do so i went on a, a sports coaching course um, and that lasted about about yeah, six six to twelve months it took to, to complete the qualification and then they asked me after they I want to do a personal training course and I was never really into the gym but I thought you know what while I'm here I may as well get another another qualification and then um, within the first week just something clicked I just absolutely loved it and I just found it dead interesting and, and ever since then I've, I've, I've fell in love with with the industry to be honest with you I've, I've fell in love with the sports I've fell in love with with fitness as a whole. And yeah, like I said, I was kind of lucky, to be honest with you, that, that I took that qualification up. So was it something you'd always envisage yourself doing when you were growing up? No, like, I, I was always, uh, when I was growing up, I was into, um, like, acting, to be honest with you. So I, I was in a couple of adverts, a couple of films and, and things like that. And that was, like, my passion when I was, a, when I was a, a child up until the age of about 16, 17. And as I said, when I left school and I kind of, you know, didn't want to do the acting anymore, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And it was only that my brother kind of sat me down and said, you know, you love sports, you love fitness. Why not go and try and do like a sports coaching? So, yeah, I, I got lucky with, as I said, with the personal training because that came after it. He just asked me on to it and, and I agreed to it. So you've always been a big boxing fan. When was you first introduced to boxing? Well, I remember kind of, I didn't stay up for it, but the first fight I ever remember watching was uh, Mike Tyson against Lennox Lewis. I've always loved Tyson just the style and, you know, how, how scary he was, to be honest with you. I've always loved him, you know, I've still got, you know, Demon. Yeah, that was like kind of the first fight up, um, or that I, I kind of watched. I remember watching it on, like, cable. And, um, yeah, ever since then, I've, I've, I've kind of loved the sports. But it's only been since about, I'd say, 2012, 2011, 2012, where I've really started, like, it, it's overtook football as my favourite sport and that, I'm a massive football fan, so that says it all, really. You know, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of taken over my life in the same way it has yours. Like, I, I am a football fan, but I rarely, rarely watch a game anymore because I'm so engrossed in, in boxing. And obviously, the boxing media side of things is, you know, it's a very, very busy time to, to be involved in the sport because of how the sport is at the moment. But, you know... It's it's one of them sports that kind of gets you sort of drawn in with certain fighters and certain fights. And as you mentioned there, Tyson was the one that got you drawn into the sport and you, you caught him at the latter end of his career. You kind of go on there and start looking around and poking around at his career and you start seeing how vicious and ferocious of a fighter he was. And then you start to see other fighters and you just start to become more and more in love with the sport. So your your job as a personal trainer, obviously, in 
this day and age now, it really comes to, to, to cross with what the boxers do now. The boxers' style of training now is, is so much different to what it was in the 50s, 60s and 70s. They never had people like yourself around to, to give them this advice, to give them the science of, of fitness and, and be able to understand what's going to work best and what exercises are going to work the, the, the best for certain limbs of the body. So your involvement in, in boxing now and strength and conditioning has become more evident in, in recent times because you're becoming more involved with boxers as well in their strength and conditioning training. So how did that relationship come about? Well, I, I find it, like I must admit, as you said, you know, 50 years ago or whatever, you know, personal trainers weren't even around really. And you kind of look now and you, you see, you know, back in, they used to do more than 12 rounds and without a strength and conditioning coach or a, a personal trainer. And it's it's interesting how they, it's kind of turned where they do, you know, 12 rounds, 10 rounds, whatever, but they've all got sports coaches or, you know, like proper nutritionists, personal trainers, you know, people who, you know, like stick part of it all. It's, it's, kind of, it's really changed. And my side of it has kind of been, as I said, you know, I've kind of, I'd say the past nine or ten years or so, a lot of my mates have started doing boxing and a couple of them have turned professional. So I've kind of been, again, kind of lucky in that sense where they've kind of come to me instantly and said, you know, can you help me get into shape? Can you help me, you know? get to this way for this fight or can you bulk me up a little bit more can you make me stronger and faster and everything else and I kind of just adapt to, to whatever they ask me to do to be honest with you as I said everyone's kind of different um, some people want to lose weight some people want to as I say you know like get the strength and the conditioning side into it and get stronger and just do lifting and things like that so that's kind of how my boxing side of it come in, in into it really but there's always uh, criticism when it comes to boxing and strength and conditioning there's people out there that say you know the years gone by where fighters would go 15 rounds and they never needed that yeah. strength and condition conditioning previously they did it in their own certain ways and the, the, there's obviously positive side of things scientific and evidence-based side of things as well of how it does affect uh, a fighter and how it does affect the training regimes and the methods and this is going to be a, a really interesting sort of topic to, to touch because I know there's so many people that have their own interpretation and opinion of, of how it works or in their eyes sometimes doesn't work. So how, in your opinion, as, as a professional trainer, how do help the fighters uh, if they ask you to train them in a specific way, say for power or for speed? Yeah, I mean, it differs really. I mean, obviously, you kind of, you're setting them goals anyway as a personal trainer. You want people to get fitter. You want people to lose weight. You want people to book up. With the sports science part, as you were saying there, with the, the S&C, the strength and conditioning, there was a, I remember a fight, like two fighters about two, three months ago. They both lost in the same week and they were getting trained by this guy who was a sports scientist and the abuse that he got on Twitter and I was thinking, hold on a minute, you know, he's he's got them into the best shape he can. You know, it's it's not his fault, or I don't think anyway, it's not his fault what happens in the ring. He's not a boxing trainer. He's just helping you get into shape. And, and a lot of people mistake here, you know, like I take some of my mates on pads and it's half the time it's for them to get, you know, an extra bit of a sweat on to get the speed up to just do, you know, I do the simplest combos, you know what I mean? But you kind of get slated for it where, you, you know, people think that you're all of a sudden this boxing trainer and it flips around the other way, you know, you can't be, you can't get the blame for, for things like that. And I think it's dead interesting, as you said, where the tides have changed, but, you know, a lot of people get slated for it or seems to have an effect. It's not, I don't, in my opinion, it's not even 
you know, the boxing trainers fought off the time. You know, you see a lot of people leave the training after losing the fight, and you're like, is it, you know, is, is that the right thing to do? Obviously, they know more than me, but yeah, I think, you know, in terms of the sports science part, and I, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. And I think as a, as a professional, if you've, you know, studied the, if you study personal training or sports science or whatever you're into, then you should know what to do. You, you're catering for that specific person, I think. Well, a good example of it. Joshua, if you look at how much of a physical specimen he is, people always talk about how bulky, how muscly he is, and and then they always allude to the fact that in certain fights before the the loss to Andy Ruiz Jr. that he he was gassing or you know he, he, muscles uh, were making a difference in the fight, they were slowing him down, and people have their own theories about is he doing too much strength and conditioning for for that particular camp, and that's a, an interesting question that I hope you can some light on because there is an interpretation for, for for various people that you know in particular in Anthony Joshua's case that he's you know he wasn't focusing enough on his actual boxing ability for the Andy Ruiz fight and he was more focusing on the fact that you know he was he was getting himself into physical prime shape and that is why some people do believe along with other theories of course that's why some people do believe that you know it's kind of a bit of a negative impact in in certain fights that he's been involved in and in particular the Andy Ruiz Jr. fight as well so as someone who, who, who coaches strength and conditioning to, to their clients on a regular basis, how would you how would you sort of explain to people like what Joshua does in the gym in terms of the strength and conditioning aspects of it? How would that actually affect him? Would too much muscle on his body make him? Would it mean that he would end up not being able to to go say twelve rounds at, at full pace? Yeah, I mean, the, the AJ one's an interesting one, as I said to you before. I've, I've kind of got a decent relationship with him. So I've been to his training camps and I've, you know, I've been the only one in there watching his training camps. And to me, I mean, when he started as a professional, he was like almost two stone lighter and people were still saying he was bulky then and he, he looked too muscle bound. And I think what people have to realize is that Joshua's heading towards 30 now. He's kind of reaching his natural weight in some ways. Um, the one fight that I did think he looked way too big in wasn't even the Ruiz fight or the Parker one or anything like that it was the Klitschko one and he was actually against Taham when he fought Klitschko he looked really big around the stomach he looked far too bulky up top but it's interesting with AJ because he doesn't he doesn't really do a lot of weight training as such he obviously does it you only need to look at him and you know I've studied it you know fitness for a while now it's it's almost impossible to get that shape without lifting weights but he uh, in terms of is he too bulky, I I personally think he is, um, and I know I, I, from what I can gather, you know he, he seems to be dieting a little bit since the Ruiz fight. Um, I think he's going to come in a, a, a fair bit lighter, to be honest with you, in the rematch. And I think you know you only have to look at the third round after he caught him, he's two or three punches after it, and he's absolutely last. And it's weird because he's done that before. You only have to look at the Klitschko one, and that was round five when he caught him. And he gassed out dead quick. Till on my fight, second round after you know we kind of got clipped or third round when he got clipped, he he was gone. And it's it's interesting because he is far too heavy. He's seventeen and a half stone plus eighteen stone two. He was against Sakam, and I think doing twelve rounds at that weight, looking that, that big, you only have to look at his legs. His legs are massive, but his legs look really skinny in comparison to how big his top half is. I think he just doesn't have that balance personally just yet. But I think it's going to come. He's learning. He's learning fighting at the same time. 
in my opinion, I know he was world champion and unified the division, but, you know, undisputable. You know, he, I think he will. I think he's learnt a lesson, to be honest with you. But it's interesting, the take you've given on it, because my interpretation of, of fighters that, you know, put a certain amount of muscle mass on, uh, I do genuinely believe that, and this is where you can correct me or you can educate me as well as the listeners, is I do genuinely believe that when you, when you go there and you put a certain element of weight training into your regime, that you're obviously going to put that muscle mass on, that's obviously going to add weight to your body and you know when you're you're competing you're fighting you know that obviously your muscles are working a lot harder a lot more blood that needs to be pumped around and oxygen that needs to be pumped around your body because there's a lot more mass there to to be servicing so that for me makes it wonder you know is 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 it because fighters are putting way too much weight on in this day and age because i always look at you know the history of boxing and and people will always have this debate until the cows go home where you look at what the fighters were like 50 60 years ago guys like joe lewis who was only what about 210 pounds you know when he was fighting against guys that are like 250 260 270 pounds you know there's a there's a lot of extra weight added on it's an extra two or three stone and when you talk about great fighters like you know joe louis for example they always talk and say you know if he was fighting in today you'd have no chance against these big guys like your tyson furies your anthony joshua's because they're just naturally that much bigger but you know when you look at back on the videos of these guys they were a lot more agile they were a lot quicker they're they're you know they were a lot in and out more when they were when they were fighting in the pocket and it was makes me wonder if, if that you know is a lesson that still should be taught today i mean you're the strength and conditioning coach if you was if you was doing some strength and conditioning for a fighter who wanted to bulk up what type of advice would you give them that kind of bleeds into to, 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 to their boxing and i know you wouldn't be giving advice on to, to throw certain shots on a particular fighter but i know you'd be giving advice on how to get yourself to sort of the optimum level where you can actually have enough speed and enough power to be able to get in and out quick enough let's say i mean the, the key the key bit for me when when people say strength and condition is is more the condition i prefer that way to to the strength because i said everyone's got different goals so you know, I, I couldn't give, you know, I couldn't lift, you know, 80 kilo up and all of a sudden do something, but the likes of Joshua can. So it, you're tailoring the session for that specific person. The, with, with the conditioning side, I said, you you only have to listen to the way the kind of means, you know, you want to be in top shape. And that doesn't really mean that you need, you know, massive arms or, you know, a huge, you know, like bulging bicep, bulging chest or whatever you know it's it, it all ties into one you want to get them into that peak peak shape as they can i use for the strength and conditioning you know you could, a lot of people think it's you know just bench you know doing the bench and um lifting the heaviest weight you can and doing one or two reps it's not you know, you, you you're tailoring it as i said for that person so you could do you know 10 reps even um 30 seconds, 45 seconds with a 10 second rest or you're tailoring it for that person. So, you know, I said my mate who's, who's a professional boxer, he's only a welterweight, but we do like things like the prowler um, or, the, you know, battle rope. It's still working strength. He's still, you know, he's pushing uh, heavy weights, but he's doing it in short bursts. And I think it, it kind of coincides with obviously the training you're doing away from the likes of myself. So as I said, Joshua, you know, when he's doing, you know, with that Jamie Philosophy, his, his conditioning side, you'll still see him in the gym doing, you know, the treadmill runs or he's on the bike or he's doing, you know, runs outdoors. He's still doing that side. So I don't know why he seems to gas out. And the only thing we, you know, we can guess 
how bulky he is because you only have to look at him. He, he's in peak condition and I can only, you know, he trains so hard. He trains three times a day. As you've got to kind of think as well, have the overtrained, you know, 12 weeks of training three times a day with one day of rest. It's a long, long time. And obviously they've got families as well. So that day of rest, actually, in a day of rest, that, you know, taking the, the babies out or whatever. I think there's there's so many questions and there's so many answers to why boxers seem to gas. Um, and I don't think there'll ever be an answer. But I, I love the comparison of 50 years ago to, to the current day because, as you said, it's they could do, some of them could do 15 rounds and look like they're in round one. Um, whereas now you see people in round one and round 15. It's it's interesting. I find it fascinating, to be honest with you. It is fascinating. It's, it's, it's strange because obviously you're a guy that's in that, that field where talking about strength and conditioning and training and a couple of other subjects to sort of touch on when it comes to that is, is how important rest and nutrition is to a diet. I mean, the, the, the cliche saying about diet is... is 70 percent diet 30 percent physical that's what a lot of people i know in the fitness industry always talk about is you know the majority of what you do to get to an optimal weight is 70 percent of it diet 30 percent physical 100 percent. you know my dad for instance my dad's not into his fitness or anything but i got a message off my dad yesterday morning or the day before and he messaged me and he was like um i'm thinking that one of them um 10 minute, ten minute in thirty day challenges on YouTube um, to get a flat stomach, and I was thinking, I, I messaged him back, and I was like, Dad, you have pie and chips almost every day. You're having pork pies or whatever. I was like, you're not gonna all of a sudden get this rip six pack by doing a ten minute video on YouTube. It's it's what you're eating. It, it, it is essentially what you're eating, and the fitness is the bonus side of it, in my opinion. The dieting side is the hardest part. The fitness side is, is genuinely the easiest part. I struggle still to this day with the nutrition side. Um, I've always had a sweet tooth, and I, I, I'll always admit it because there's no point in lying to people. So I still struggle on that side, even though I'm a personal trainer. I still struggle with you know the temptation of having a bar of chocolate when you go into the shop, or you know when you go out, you want to have a fizzy drink, but. It's kind of, you've got to merge the two, do you know what I mean? You've got to get that balance in. And I think, as you said, you know, 70% of it is food, if not more. And in terms of the rest day, rest is just as important as um, the training side because, you know, I, I played footy last night and I am aching all over. And I, I can't imagine how boxers, you know, the, the pain they must go through, but they're training constantly day after day with these. And, you know, how many how many fighters do you know that have, you know, on the, the last day or when they've had the fight and then, you know, the last... So you said, you know, I've had these niggles in in camp. It's it's a hard, it's a hard sport. It's a you know, and fitness in general is hard. So if you're doing strength and conditioning for a fighter, what would you say, in your opinion, would be the amount of strength and conditioning sessions a week to be involved in? So um, in terms of strength and conditioning, you know, you could, two or three, I personally. Um, because it, as I said, it kind of depends also what you're doing throughout the rest of the week. Your trainer, you know, you, sometimes people have their trainer as the fitness coach as well, so they could be doing, like I, I said, the lads I know that, that train, he's a person as well, so I don't know what he could be doing with them that day um, or the day before or whatever. So it all depends sometimes on, on what they've done that week. You know, if they say I've had a tiring week, sometimes you've got to adapt to that. You can't just you know make them smash another workout you've got to kind of you know if they're a little bit tired obviously you want to push them as hard as you can but you've also got to take that into account where you don't want to burn them out early as well 
So do you think then that there's a big risk uh, that goes on behind the scenes of you've got guys like yourself who say would come into a camp to help a fighter get in the audition for the fight but then they've also got say their boxing coach their trainer who may also have a qualification in personal training or in the fit within the fitness industry that's reckoned who are also then putting them through the paces to a certain level as well do you think then that causes the risk of of overtraining 100% yeah and even even just doing you know your normal boxing sessions can you know I've seen and also you've got to take into account as well um, some people don't have boxing just as their job so again you know for instance me may see who does you know a 10 hour shift in Fort Locker has then got to go to boxing and he's been up since 8 in the morning or he's been in work since 8 in the morning and he's not getting home till 9 at night that's a long long day and to finish with a session after doing a, you know a 10 hour shift it's not easy and as I said you've got to kind of take into account each each different person um, and some people hire just conditioning coaches I'm not just a strength and conditioning coach I've, I've learned about it and I've you know I've you know, I don't really count myself just as a strength and condition. I count myself as a personal trainer who can do strength and condition, if that makes any sense. But there are just strength and conditioning coaches out there who, I'll, again, I'll happily say I have a lot more knowledge on things like that than me. Mine's kind of coincided with me qualifications and obviously what I've picked up on as, you know, as, as time's gone on. But it all depends on that person. It really does. And as you said, you know, overtraining, 100%. You know, you only have to look at some people in the weigh-in or how ill they can be during fight week or the week before. Or some of that's just down to, you know, literally just your body being burnt out. Just going to take a quick pause of the episode with James just to talk to you about our sponsors for the podcast. It's Bear Attack Boxing who sponsor BTR Boxing Podcast and we're very, very grateful for the support that they're providing to us to keep our podcast growing to the next level. Now, our relationship with Bear Attack Boxing has grown over the past 12 months and as a result of that relationship, you, as loyal listeners, are able to get a discount through Bear Attack Boxing's website. If you go onto the website and you're checking out any of the high-quality boxing equipment that they sell and you decide, yep, I want them boxing gloves and I want them wraps and I want them pads, get them in your basket. When you're at the checkout, go to the promo code section and type in BTR10. That's BTR10. That's a 10% discount. So if you're buying 60 quid worth of gloves, that's £6 off. £6, not to be sniffed at. Definitely get that BTR10 boxing podcast discount exclusively used on all your high-quality boxing equipment and goods. And go and check them out. They're on social media. Bear Attack Boxing on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And you can find their website and go and check out all the latest products that they're producing. It's www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. It's Bear Attack Boxing by boxers for boxers. Well, it's a good couple of points you raised there about what you actually are in. Because for me, I get the interpretation there's a lot of stigma around the fitness industry in terms of some people class themselves as personal trainers, some people class themselves as strength and conditioning coaches, some people label themselves something completely different. And it seems to cause a completely sort of different interpretation to various different members of the public who say, who are looking to get fit and get in the condition they want to be in their life but then there's there's say a plethora of different people who are offering different services you know through various different outlets how how does a normal person who doesn't really have a great deal of education within the fitness industry how do they define who is the right person for them 
That's a good question. And uh, in, over over the you know the, the the years I've been doing personal training, the amount of people you come across come across to talk a load of rubbish, and you know it's all bravado, and they, they think they know more than the cracking on. Um, like f- f- me, for instance, and anyone will tell you this. You know, I'm very I try and stay as professional as possible, and I'll tell you if. Your goals are, you know, unrealistic. You know, I, I've seen people come in and say, you know, I want to lose three stone in like two weeks, and you're like, it's not gonna work like that. But like a lot of people want that. It's kind of getting that trust off people. The average show, that that's the bad thing about the fitness industry. To be honest with you, the people who don't have the knowledge will fall for anything. As as bad as that probably sounds. But they will, and you know, I was looking at a, a meal plan that someone had written the other day, and I'm not a nutritionist. I've done a nutrition course, but I've never been to uni to do a nutrition. Like a new, I'm not a nutritionist, so I, I would never give anyone a meal plan. I can give nutrition advice, but I couldn't give a meal plan. And a, a young PT who I know isn't a nutritionist was kind of giving someone like a meal plan on how to lose weight, and they'd done like a full day, and you know, breakfast had carbs. Dinner had carbs, snacks had carbs, tea had carbs. And I was like, they haven't got a clue. You know, th- th- it sounds good. Sweet potato sounds great. But, it's you know, they, they haven't got that knowledge. They're just kind of guessing because it's a healthy food. And, you know, they've heard that it sounds good. You know, it's good to eat. It's, you've got, to, it's it's hard, as I said, it's half the street who doesn't know anything on the fitness industry. You've just got to kind of trust them, unfortunately. I like to think I am with, with people, to be honest with you. There's people I've had pretty much turn away to be honest with you because either it's unrealistic or they're expecting too much of me in such a, it's such a short space of time and that looks bad on me if obviously I don't get their goals and I don't want to take someone's money and kind of kid them that's that's not the person I am but I know people do that um, but it's, it's kind of just whatever they're happy with to be honest with you you kind of just got to hopefully trust that person yeah, it's a very, very difficult tree, I think, from, from the outside looking in. I've got a little bit of an education in fitness, so I do know some basic stuff. But some of the stuff I do genuinely believe, of, you know, in terms of nutrition is, is common knowledge. I mean, it doesn't, I don't believe, take someone fully qualified to, 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 to know, you know, what you're putting in your body is is you know you put if you're putting too much in and you're not putting enough activity in then obviously you're not going to lose weight it's it's, it's it's sometimes it is as straightforward as that but then there's obviously the scientific side of nutrition you know you can you can specifically put out how many calories that person is going to have per day by working out how many body burns per day by using the the formula that there is to to do you can say right well if you're burning 2500 calories a day just on your body alone without doing anything strenuous and we need we know we need to put you know say 1500 calories in your body a day and that calorie deficit you know over the course of a week will naturally help you lose and and there's a lot of people out there that that swear by the obviously the calorie deficit side of things and that seems to be what most people seem to promote and that's what i come across a lot when i see pts uh, and nutritionists on social media that that's kind of seems to be a lot of what they say but then you get all these the people out there that are giving conflicting information and that's where i believe as you were saying very very hard because unless you you go to somebody let's say yourself and you're asking them for a specific goal and, and they're saying right 
things can do for you you're never really gonna 100% know until you get somebody that you just but that's the hard part about it from my perspective is it's difficult to find somebody who you can trust in and I think the problem is with society is that people do want results very very quickly but not always willing to work at it over a longer period of time to get the results that they're actually looking for so it is it is a difficult industry and and I do also see a lot of people that are going on say two or three week courses and then all of a sudden are being accredited by some organization to to be classed as a personal trainer but from my perspective i would have thought it would have took a couple couple of years to learn that like i had a i had a really really tough time getting my qualification i had i had a horrible time so to see people doing like an online course that lasts two to three weeks or whatever or six week course like i just like it makes me i'm not saying you can't learn stuff in six weeks because you can but you can't you certainly can't get all the knowledge it's 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 a hard course it's it's the best best thing i've ever done but i like i had a like i had a lot of stuff going on like with the course um and it was it was a hard it was a hard time for me get, getting the qualification actually getting my certificate i had to travel all over like the northwest to to do my course and i don't drive or anything so it was it was really difficult for me it was but it was the best thing I've done, do you know what I mean? So to see people get the qualification in six weeks and then give people like meal plans, you know, it, you're putting yourself at risk, in my opinion. Anyway, I, I've been doing it now for seven years, you know, about six and a half years, and I've never given anyone a meal plan ever. I've gave them advice and I've told cut out and but I've never wrote a meal plan for them it's because I'm, I, I, I can't do it. I, I, like, you shouldn't be allowed to do it. So I think what I want to get a little bit more in, for, in from you is, is, is little bits of tidbits, really. And, and I'm not going to ask you to give away your Willy Wonka secrets on, on the episode, but I am certainly going to ask you to provide, say, a listener. You know, we've got, we've, we, have, we have plenty of, of listeners for the, for the podcast, and I'm sure if there's a little bit of advice you could give them, what would it be? What would be the key piece of advice for somebody say who is looking to to lose weight and tone up that's the most common question that gets asked always yeah but my, like as i said before get someone you feel you can trust D- don't just go into a gym and all of a sudden ask for a personal trainer you know at the counter say, i want a personal trainer i personally would tell you to look you know go through instagram speak to them over instagram or in person ask for minutes or an hour chat discuss your goals with them Tell them what you like. Be honest with them because I've got a few clients still who had a kid up to me what they've had over the weekend. I'm I'm quite like laid back with stuff, you know. You've got to live your life, so I'm kind of you know you've got to have that relationship with them where yeah, okay, you've had that this week, but try and try and cut it out this week then, and let's see if there's any. You know, let's see if you've lost or put muscle on or lost body fat or whatever. Get someone you can trust. As I said, you know, you've got to make them changes to your diet. Go in with, like, low expectations as well. Don't go in thinking, oh, I'm going to, you know, if you want to bulk up, you're going to turn into AJ next week if you don't eat 10 stone. Or don't think, you know, if you're, you know, a little bit, you know, if you feel a little bit out of shape, that all of a sudden going to go down to a size zero because it's not, it's you know, you've got to be real everything. But the main thing is just feel like you, you, you want to be healthy doing it. I was speaking to someone and they said, you know, I want to lose weight, I want to be fit, and I want to be healthy. And they're all three different things. Being healthy and being fit are two different things. You could eat fruit and veg, and that's classed as being healthy, but there's a lot of sugar in it, do you know what I mean? And in, in the fruit, there's, there's loads of different aspects to it. You've got, it's as a, as, a, as a client, you've kind of got to understand the, 
you know the background of it as well you've got to kind of get some knowledge on it and that, that's what a personal trainer has to give you you don't want to just go in smash your work off for an hour and go home you've got to learn something else you've got to kind of think if that personal trainer's not in that day am i going to do something on my own can i you know could you feel confident to try and copy the exercises or you know you you've just got to you've got to be confident with them that that's the main thing i would say don't go in as i said go into don't go into a gym and just say i want a personal trainer and then all of a sudden start but you've got to get that consultation. Do a little bit of research on that person. You know, social media is fantastic for that. And, you know, I get a few messages every now and then where you get people, you know, I've looked at your Instagram and, it, you know, I've seen the results. And, it, like, that's amazing as a person. That's what you want. And you, 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 that's what you're working for. So if somebody else can see that, then that's perfect. Yeah, it's a great bit of advice, really. I think, like I said earlier, there's a lot of stigma around the fitness industry, and, and obviously people want to lose weight quick, they want to tone up quick, they want to get muscly quick. You know, there's there's all this stigma around who's the best person to pick, who's going to be the right person for you, and a lot of people are, are going in blind and, and making decisions that are pretty irrational, and obviously you breaking it down like that to me and to the listeners, you know, it's good because it gives people more of an insight of how to approach the situation rather than sort of jumping in feet first and going oh actually this this guy's instagram post look pretty good i'm just gonna yeah i'm just gonna pay this guy so much to do whatever program he's got on offer at the moment whereas obviously like you're saying and and i know there's a lot of other guys like yourself that do the same out there that are, are taking more time to actually engage with the people before you know trying to just grab them in because i know as 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 self being self-employed doing what you do yeah you've got to get the business in you've got to get people in it's is, is how you make a living but at the same time you want to get the right people and you want to get the people that have got the same desire and passion as you to, to to succeed in what they're wanting to achieve and like you say the satisfaction side of it for you as well as being paid and, and, and being paid to do this for a living you also getting to see the results of these clients at the end of it all and, and that's probably uh, I can imagine he's more satisfying than actually being paid for it because you know you've made an impact on that person's life as long as I could I was a, I was teaching PE in a school as um, alongside a couple of years and I bought the house two and a half years ago and last year this time last year I made the decision that full time personal training because it's, it's always been my passion I wanted to open my own gym in the next 18 months at the maximum so I made that decision because I love it I made that decision. So I was going from a job where I had a structured wage. I knew what I was getting at the end of the month. It was a decent wage. It paid for my bills and more. I'm now obviously in and trying to earn, you know, to, to pay for the, the, the mortgage and everything else. And but it's it's the right decision. As long as you're passionate about it, you'll be fine. That that that's my thing. I I know that I can do it. Um I made, you know, I, it, it took me I sat down and I kind of just said to myself, you know what, I can do this. Why why am I doing sixteen hour days every day? when I want to do 16 hour days every day with personal training and not teaching in a school. And you've got to, as you said, if you've got that passion for it, it's, it's to me getting that satisfaction of, you know, I'll get a message at, like after the client. That was a great workout that I feel so much better than I did this morning or, you know, I feel I feel great for that. It, like little messages like that, it shows that you're doing your job right. Um, and there's nothing better than that. Do you know what I mean? And I think if you've got that, if you've got that passion for it, you'll be fine. So, for people that have been listening to your story and your insight into the fitness industry and and how you work as a personal trainer, if they want to follow what you're doing, what you're up to, your journey as a personal trainer, or if they want to get in contact with you, uh, just ask any additional further questions and. What you've already answered on the episode where can they find you on social media to do that 
So my social media is at J Harris PT, J A Y for J. Um and that, that's obviously I use Twitter and Instagram. Um and I use obviously I've got a website which is www.jharrispt.com um, and obviously the, the website has you know reviews so you can see for yourself you know that they've all been written by my clients I've never had any input on that I've just they've gave me reviews and I've put it on um, and as I said on my Instagram you can see all the videos you know I, I very rarely post anything about myself because it's not about me like my business isn't about me it's about my clients so a lot of my videos and my pictures are mainly about my clients which is how I think it should be it shouldn't be in my eyes anyway there's too many personal trainers out there who are you know kind of ripping the top off and posing you know to as as their own product but to me, my clients are my product. If, you know, I, I want to do my success stories, you know, that's what people should be going off. I could train as long as I want, but that client only gets our slot. So I think social media is the best thing for us. So if anyone, you know, wants to my background or, um, as you said, ask any more questions, because I said, you know, like getting to where I have, it's, it's, it's been a lot. It's been very, very difficult for me, certainly when I first started. Um for a number of reasons, to be honest. So, yeah, social media is jharrispt and websites www.jharrispt.com. Well, Jay, I tell you what, it's been a fantastic insight into personal training, a fantastic insight into the fitness industry um, from your perspective and how it works for you and, and what you've had to do and the road you've had to go down to get where you are. But it's also been really good to link it in with boxing because obviously that's what the predominant uh, podcast is all about is, is we cover all the boxing off every, every week and we, we run all different sorts of episodes and this is something a little bit one-off and special for people to be able to listen to and, and hear from somebody who actually trains professional boxers in the strength and conditioning side as to what they would think would work best for certain fighters and it was also good to hear about your input on Anthony Joshua because I think he's probably the, the, the biggest go at the moment because of how big and how naturally... Uh, you know, muscly that he is, and how naturally his body grows into into that shape that it does. And then with him to go in there against a guy who looks like he doesn't train essentially and get beat off him is obviously been one of the biggest upsets of, of recent memory. So yeah. it was really really good to get your insight into how strength and conditioning works for boxers, how it affects boxers, how it can you know be a positive thing for boxers as well as you know the negative side of things that you've referred to. So you know, I've really enjoyed getting a little bit more of an insight into it and i really appreciate you taking the time out to come on oh no i'd like thank you for, for having me on it's been to be honest it's been different for me um as you said you know i've never done it you know speaking about the boxing fit like strength and condition side as you said so it's been it's been really interesting for me kind of think about it a little bit more than i already do to be honest with you with like the questions you've asked so i've, I've really enjoyed it thanks for having me on so there we go, guys. That was a great little episode with Jay Harris there. First of all, I just want to again apologise for the quality of the audio in this particular episode. We were using Google Hangouts, and my experience of Google Hangouts has not been the best. So I would definitely recommend to anyone looking to do a podcast that are on the phone go with Skype because Skype ones always work and we always have no problems doing the Skype phone calls. So Google Hangouts, it sounded like it was cutting little bits of information out and I managed to put it together enough 
for people to be able to understand what me and Jay were actually talking about in this conversation. So thank you if you've bared with us on this one. I hope you really have taken something away from the whole strength and conditioning uh, in boxing and what Jay's thoughts were on Anthony Joshua in particular, having actually been in one of his camps and being there when he's been training and seeing him firsthand what he actually does in camp. Also getting his interpretation of the fitness industry the stigma around the fitness industry and also talking about PTs and how to select a PT if you are going to go down that route in your own fitness journey so if you've got any more questions please holler at Jay on Twitter Jay Harris PT you can find him on there give him a shout any questions you've got drop him a line if you have enjoyed this episode barring the little bit of less quality audio in this one please let us know please let us know what you thought and if you want us to actually get some of these one-off episodes with different people like jay maybe we'll look at doing a nutritionist let me know what your thoughts are on that because if you tweet me at ptr boxing pod or i am basto i'll be able to get a nutritionist on and we'll have a conversation about how food and diet works in boxing and how it helps the boxers make the weight and what what the best things are to eat that I think that would be a very interesting conversation so anyone that listens to it maybe you is a nutritionist who fancies coming on doing that give us a shout let us know if not and if you do know anyone put them in my direction because I think it'd be a really good interesting conversation about some of the background workings of how to get fighters into that prime physical condition so go and find us on twitter at btr boxing pod and go and find us on facebook at btr boxing podcast if you've not subscribed already you can on apple podcast on podbean stitcher spreaker player fm even spotify leave us a rating leave us a review Go and check out all the other series that we're doing. The Legendary Nights, the Weekly Reviews, the Ones to Watch series. They're all there. Go and check them out. Subscribe. Let us know your thoughts and feelings on what we're doing. If you've got any questions or any amendments or anything you think we should be doing, give us a shout and let us know. Fight fans, it's been a pleasure as always. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.